thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the Urban Sports Scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with myself, Wole, Will T, and Ray Jeezy. We got the whole mob here, man. We got the the three man weave. What's going on, fellas? Will T, what's going on, man? I'm good. How you fellas doing? Good, man. It's, it's, it's awesome, man. The three, the the the, 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 the I won't say dynamic, but the three man weave is back, man. It's, it's official now, <laughs> man. It's official. You know what I'm saying? I felt I felt like I was missing a piece of myself, bro. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> I mean that's a bit much, but uh, you know I, I, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate it though. Hey, you know what I'm saying? So I, I understand. What, I understand the show. feeling you're trying to convey. Thank I you, man. It. You know what I mean, though. You know what I mean. <laughs> Gotta start off the show with the Wole laugh. <laughs> I hate you. That's bro. what I'm talking about. I hate you. Are you guys now? You, you going there early? That's what we're doing now. That's what we're doing. <laughs> That's what it starts. Okay, oh, I, I got to I got I got to mess with you. I feel you, man. I feel you. I Come on, brother. That. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of Black History Month. It's Super Bowl week. It's a lot going on. Russell Westbrook going off the other night. We got to celebrate, brother. We got to celebrate because Russ went off. <laughs> no, I did, no, I you got to celebrate because of the Wizards won. That's what you need to celebrate. <laughs> hey, man. Yes, we are also part of Sports Journey. Make sure you check us out at sportsjourney.com. Uh, you'll find all kinds of sports content, especially for your DMV team. Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. Tune in and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. You can also join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports pod- podcasters, and sports debates. Oh, man, I get to hear this part, man. Will, we haven't did this in a while. <laughs> Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. That's what I'm talking about, <laughs> fellas. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, we'll debate. Here is what we have on tap. We'll debate whether the Washington football team should go after quarterback uh, Deshaun Watson. I'm at 820. We'll preview Super Bowl 55 between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. At 835, we'll talk about uh, the Washington Wizards. I mean, Washington Wizards point guard Russell Westbrook getting his swag back. Finally, we'll talk about the great uh John Cheney who passed um who passed last week. Uh, so we'll talk we'll talk about John, uh John Cheney and what he uh meant to college basketball. Uh but first quarterback Deshaun Watson once out of the out, out of Houston. He plays for the Houston Texans. Many feel that the Washington football team have the assets to be a real player in the in the Watson sweepstakes. Uh should they go at should they go all go all in on Deshaun Watson? I'll start with Will T. Um and excuse me because I kind of been detached from for the past couple of weeks but um no i don't think they should go all in for deshaun watson um do we even know if houston is exploring trading him It's one thing for deshaun watson to say he wants to lead that organization but is the organization willing to trade him that's a whole that's another conversation um but to answer your question directly no i don't think they should go all in for deshaun watson i think this team um is Still many pieces away, um, specifically on the offensive side. You know, um, the offensive line still needs help. Um, Deshaun Watson uh, was upset, reportedly was upset because of DeAndre Hopkins being let go. Um, You know, Washington doesn't have a complement of 
wide receivers to, you know, that Deshaun Watson would help take over the top. But luckily they do have one asset um, on that offense, and that's Antonio Gibson, an emerging star in the running back, in the running back position for Washington. Ray? If you look at Herney's history, this, these are not the types of moves he, moves he makes. I know Martin Mayhew is there as well, but mm-hmm. from what we've heard, this group, Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, and Herney, they're all working together as a team, am I correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just judging by the history of the moves that Ron Rivera and Herney have made in Carolina, I don't believe that they make this move. And honestly, somebody summed it up. I don't know who it was on Twitter. In one sentence, Deshaun Watson could not carry the Houston Texans by himself last season. So why would he come here and be able to carry this football team? Because that's what he would need to do if you basically mortgage your future to get him. It's very comparable. Will Fuller uh, is a very good number one receiver, right? He's not a very one. good number one receiver. Complimentary. Complimentary. Yeah, I don't know if he's number one, but yeah, I, I know he's number one. Go ahead. Well, he put up look – at, look at the numbers he put up yeah. this past season and compare them to <clears throat> your number one wide receiver, Terry McLaurin. Yeah. I, I can do that for you if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, you have a, a star defensive lineman, mm-hmm. Washington. I know Washington has a couple yeah, studs on defense. the defensive they line. But defense. They have a better defense. The, 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 Washington, that, that's the difference maker. Yeah. However, yeah. we know the injuries will be, will, will, will be an issue. We know, that, uh, we know that possibly COVID will be an issue. So you're going to need to have depth, and you cannot build depth if you basically trade multiple picks and players for one for one guy, and I know how dynamic Deshaun Watson is, but Deshaun yeah. Watson is a mobile quarterback who has a propensity to get hurt, and I just don't think it's a good idea for this team, especially because you're building off of a solid football a, a solid football season, and where you weren't expected to do much. You're excited about Heineke, who played one and a half games. If you can play with a guy like that, a four stringer, then it shows that maybe you don't need Deshaun Watson. Maybe you just need an upgrade. Uh, look at Alex Smith; he was serviceable, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Uh, I mean, for me, you know, I would always go the route of, like, not get trading draft picks of players. But when you're talking about a player like a Deshaun Watson, one of the best quarterbacks in football, and a young a dude is only 25, I just think that, you know, if you're going to take, an, if you're going to make, take a chance at it, go for it. Uh, they, they were in the sweepstakes for, for um, Matthew Stafford, willing to give up their first-round pick and a couple other draft picks. So, arguably, to me, if you're going to do that, then you might as well go after Deshaun Watson. If you're willing to make that play – for a Matthew Stafford, then you were already you're interested in trading for a quarterback. So if you're going to trade for a quarterback and give up a first round pick, then to me, I've always said if you're going to give up a first round pick, you give up a first round pick for the best. Matthew Stafford, I like Matthew Stafford, and he's pretty good. Um, but he's to me, I wouldn't even argue, I wouldn't even try to th- throw out a first round pick to get a Matthew Stafford. And I like Matthew Stafford, but if you're going to get throw out first round picks, then you go after the best. So if you're already if the, if the Washington Football Team was going that route already, then yeah. You go after Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's a player. You put him on this team. If you have to give up some of your defensive players that may be, and you're already deep at the defensive line, you got to give a couple of those individuals out, then, yeah, I'm, you make that move because you're still going to have Chase Young. You still have an opportunity to keep, if you can, you keep Montez Sweat. You have you have Curl. You have talent on the defense. What was, what was messing up Deshaun Watson on that Texan squad was that defense. That defense in te- for the Houston Texans was bad. And he had to always, he True. had to score. Like, that's, di- like, football is a team game. We all know that. I know one dude wins a football mm-hmm. game, regardless of what people want to put out there. But you do look for a, a missing piece. If this Washington football team had no defense, then I totally agree with what you were saying, right, but, and, and Will. But 
they do have they have pieces on defense that can make his life a, a little easier. You mentioned Will Fuller. You still need a quarterback what? to make Will Fuller look good. Like Deshaun is that type of quarterback. He makes he makes his offensive weapons better. You know, he can, he can't control the defense out of the football field. So a couple things in your statement, uh, Wole. Mm-hmm. Uh, first thing you said was <laughs> a first round draft pick for mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford. Yeah. For Deshaun Watson, you would have to give up multiple Agreed. first round draft mm-hmm. picks. We saw what the Rams gave up for Matthew Stafford, so you would probably you would have to give up that plus yeah. uh, a little bit more, mm-hmm. right? Um, two. When you talk about Will Fuller's production and we gauge it against Terry McLaurin, yes, Will Fuller had a outstanding year for the games he played. Yeah. But how much of that was PED related? Let's just be honest. Oh yeah. Will Fuller uh Will Fuller has a history of injuries. He had a history of injuries and inconsistent play. Um I'm not gonna say that the PEDs itself was the catalyst to uh upgrading his level of play this year, but it does play into your evaluation of him. Will Fuller, I uh, I think Will Fuller, I don't I don't mark him as a number one. I think he's he's a he's exceptional speed and exceptional talent. Um he still has in terms of route running, but he gets open. He's a playmaker. He's dynamic. Will Fuller is the dynamic. Um he's an individual like you said Will has been injured a lot. Um last season I think he was probably his most healthy season last year if my memory serves me correctly um but when you're looking at will fuller and, and, and terry i don't like to compare terry with will fuller in terms of stats because again terry's playing with who will fuller's playing with deshaun it's that's easier a good, that's it's a good easier. point it's not that's a good point well, you honestly it's a credit to terry mclaren to put i mean terry mclaren terry mclaren to put up numbers to put to get over a thousand yards with the quarterback play he did have mm-hmm. so to me you put deshaun watson with scary terry his numbers go up. It goes to the same thing when Randy Moss played with uh, Kerry Collins in the, with the Raiders. He wasn't putting up numbers. He got with Tom Brady. He, brought, he had like 20 touchdowns. So it's just depending on who your quarterback is. So to me, you put Deshaun in this situation with the scary Terry. Terry's better. He's, he's, he's automatically better. It, just, it is what it is. He's automatically better because Deshaun Watson is just that. He's that gifted of a quarterback. I think we all can agree that Deshaun Watson, we're talking at age 25, is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Period. I don't think we we, we would deny that. No, that, that's true. But <clears throat> something else you also want to take into consideration is the cap situation of this team, true. and also the roster. Com, you know, mm, um, how you develop your roster. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, when it comes to this, when it comes to the Washington Football Team, you know, yes, this team, you know, has a, a set exceptional defense but mm-hmm. you do have four first rounders on that um defensive line yeah. so mm-hmm. i believe you're start you're going to start to come up on the point where you're going to have to give those guys extensions yeah and i'm pretty sure those extensions won't be cheap so you're going to take that into consideration then you're going to have a terry mclaurin uh contract extension coming up in a couple of years and then you still have to sign brandon sheriff Will you have enough cap room to uh, take in Deshaun Watson's uh, contract? Is something you also have yeah. to take into consideration when you want to make this trade. No, so it's easy for all of us to, you know, to, to say yes, no, no. Yeah. You know, I, but but there are other things that you have to take into consideration when you're evaluating is this a trade that Washington should make. 
No, and again, I, I agree with that point. Uh, I, I'm on again. I'm on the side. Don't get twisted. Like, it, to be honest with you, I would love for the team to keep all their pieces and and and, and maybe get a quarterback on the cheap one, one of these free agent quarterbacks. I think they're all some of them are capable. You can win football games because I, I I hate putting so much onus on like the quarter quarterback play. A lot of I mean, our, we're seeing two great quarterbacks in this Super Bowl, but you know, there's been there's been teams that have had okay quarterbacks make the Super Bowl like the San Francisco 49ers had Jimmy G in the Super Bowl you know what I mean like everybody's now ill on Jared uh, on uh Jared Goff who got to Super Bowl with the Rams and now he got traded with you know for Matthew Stafford and now he's in Detroit so it's just like to me you don't always need the elite of the elite but I mean if you got an opportunity yeah, look to get at the that, Falcons with Matt Ryan I knew you're gonna say that <laughs> when you look at you don't need the elite of the elite to make it to the Super Bowl. He wasn't elite when he was with the Seahawks. I mean, when he won his first first Super Bowl, he wasn't the rest that we see today. So I'm like, to Ray's point, yeah, I mean, you can always build around the team, build the whole team. Uh, if you build the whole team, you can still be contenders. So, yeah, I, I'm always for that route. But I know, but knowing that you can get that guy who is a, you have the opportunity. Who's to say that, that they can definitely get him? But you get the opportunity to get that kind of guy. I I think if you're already in, if you're, I'm trying to look at being the mind of the GM and Ron Rivera. If you're already in the mindset of like, okay, we were willing to trade for Matthew Stafford and give up a one for Matthew Stafford. And to your point, well, you're going to have to give up multiple ones to get uh, Deshaun Watson. But if you already have that mindset. Then I'm already, it's already telling me that you know what, you're already thinking about it. Like you're thinking about it hard. Why, why are you talking about the Super Bowl? Listen, if you're a Washington fan, you just want this team to compete every year and make the postseason. Forget about the Super Bowl right now. That's not that's not necessarily in the cards, in my opinion. It could have uh, happened, of course. Anything is possible any given Sunday. That's not how you but think, right? You're Come talking on, about the, That's not but, how you put no, things no, 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 no. No, as Washington football fans, this team making a, a playoff run and almost right. beating Tampa Bay, everybody was so positive. It's the energy I saw from the fans that says, we just want a team that's going to compete in a team that can have a chance. So building through the draft, letting your young pieces grow, and over time developing them and seeing what the result could be down the line, I think is what you're aiming for. And, yes, that could lead to a Super Bowl. But right now, nah, man, we need to just continue to build this roster, continue to develop your young players, uh-huh. and let it, let it happen over time. Let the growth process naturally play out. All right, I'm gonna use this, I'm gonna, one more. Your point, yeah. I'm gonna make this one point to Ray's point, and then will you? Because Ray had made a, a great point, but you, you are. Right, look at the Super Bowl this year. Let's use the Super Bowl this year as an example. Tampa Bay was thinking the same, the same thing you're, that you're talking about. They didn't make the playoffs, but they had they were thinking the same thing in the regular. They, they had young players. They had drafted White from LSU. They had a bunch of young players. They were like, you know what? We got talent. We can. We're we're a couple players away from going to the, to being a Super Bowl contender. They didn't think we're trying to just make the playoffs. They thought. They thought big, and now they're in the, in the big game. They didn't think small, like, and they didn't. If you look at for what they've been doing the regular season, they weren't that type of team. They weren't a Super Bowl contending team. They put their chips all in, and now they're in the bowl because they believe they okay, believe they need a quarterback. But, okay, but, but before yeah. that, name an example of when that happened. No, I'm just telling you. Like, no, I'm just giving an example. Like, that's the example. No, I'm, I'm just telling saying. You. Name, name an example that doesn't happen often. It's an admiration, and, they, and and like you just said, they were building for years. No, I'm saying they were built same thing the Washington has. Like they've been doing their draft. The Washington the has not been building for years, really. Their defense, they, they, they yes, build their de- they that. build their team a certain way for years. Like the Tampa's been doing the same thing for years. They've been building their team, like they build their team offensively to defense. They've been doing it for a while. Washington's doing the same thing. No one oh, thought Tampa. Great, great. Let's be real. No one thought Tampa. There's no no one you thought know, Tampa. You know, you give it you're giving one example. 
that's my I'm, I'm using that example because I'm just showing you a, a, a formula of working. That's all I'm telling you. I'm not trying to go back. Like, I mean, you can use all examples in the world. I'm just giving an example of what certain teams do. That's all I'm saying. Like the Rams. Did, oh, okay, I, oh, let me okay. the Rams. The Rams an example, too. When the Rams got Sean McVay, they okay, went all ahead. in. They went all in with Sean McVay. The Rams are just another team so, that did the same thing. I was just going to make one point about building okay. the team. Um, it's going to get, a, if, from my mm-hmm. perspective, it's going to get a little bit harder for this front office to build this team going forward mm-hmm. because I think the architect of this defense and the, a guy who was able to identify a lot of the talent that worked not only for this regime but Jay Gruden and also Mike Shanahan that being Kyle Smith oh, yeah. has left and yeah. he's gone to raise Atlanta Falcons. So I think there'll be a precipitous drop in the level of talent um, from a drafting perspective that this front office will be able to identify to get those late round gems that um, have been able to be, be plug and play mm-hmm. and produce at a, um, at a high level for you. That's all. It's, it's wild that when I, when I gave the example a couple of weeks ago about Calvin Ridley and Justin, and just uh, and Russell Gage, excuse me, yeah. and and um, C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, y'all comeback was okay. Those worked, but here's some examples of what worked. And and Dallas reached. Y'all gave you give me one I, recent example. Yeah. Tampa, Why are you saying Tampa y'all? Is, is, I wasn't. Average, listen, average, I haven't been talking about another show for like a month, bro. No, no, he's talking about another show. Not me. I didn't argue. I didn't argue that. I was with you with C.D. Lamb and really. But go ahead, dog. I was with you, but go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It's it, it's it's like it, I asked you a question, and that's all. That's all I'm uh, in with is you named Tampa as an example of like the Rams the too. Top in the Super Bowl. And the Rams too. Okay, the Rams. Yeah, the the Rams. You uh, as a coach, uh, you can na- maybe name Gruden as an example with Tampa years ago. Mm-hmm. But name me some examples. It doesn't happen that often. No, but I'm, if you yeah. talk about teams that that build, like for example, New England. When did they not build a, a, a dynasty yeah. in New England? Yeah, through through late round draft picks, through yeah. I got another a quarterback one for you too. that was what six round. Yeah, I got another one for you too. Um, I mean, okay, I'm just saying it it doesn't it, it doesn't have an offense. No, uh, Baltimore. Yeah. How did Baltimore? How did Baltimore build? I, they no, had? I, I agree. Through, through I'm, just gonna, I'm not, just gonna put a, I'm, I'm gonna put a bow on it. Go ahead, Will. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just gonna put a bow on it. Um, traditionally, you know, we're in, this would be Super Bowl Fifty Five. Um, I think Ray is right. Yeah. Traditionally, when we think of the teams that have exactly. had long sustained, mm-hmm. exactly um, sustained levels of winning, we think of teams that have drafted well. Yeah. Now, of course, there's an example of a team that's made a superstar free agent signing. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay. Um, another example is um, the Broncos. Denver, when yeah. they, uh, yeah, Manning. when they when they picked up Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. um, and also one <clears throat> that you know go back to the nineties and Wally, this is your quote unquote rival, your team. That's a rival. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, when they picked up Dion and then also when Dion went from, um, when Dion was on San Francisco for that one time, that one year. Mm -hmm. Right. So that, so there are examples of teams that have made a superstar signing. And, but if you think about it, those teams traditionally have drafted well, and then they added that one player. Yeah. Agree, totally agree. All right, man. Brady versus Mahomes goes down Sunday. We'll talk about <laughs> Super Bowl Fifty Five after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Team for ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces. I love it, man. Good job, man. I love it.
Listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole, Will T, Ray Gigi, part of Sports Journey, SportsJourney.com. All right, Super Bowl 55 goes down Sunday. The Kansas City Chiefs take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Will Ray, how excited are you for this game? The big game, Super Bowl 55. Um, I'm excited about it. I, I, I guess you know because we are on lockdown mm-hmm. almost a year later from the coronavirus. Um, it isn't as exciting. You know, it doesn't feel like, you know, the Super Bowl just, um, because, you know, you're not able, you're not able to make plans if you want to go out and watch the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, there are other, uh, unique situations that come attached with the, with everything being kind of remote. Um, but I'm excited. I think we're going to have, uh, a great matchup. And I also know the NFL is probably excited because this is, a dream scenario for them. You know, you have the guy who has been to 10 Super Bowls versus the guy who everyone thinks will be that next great quarterback um, for a long period of time. So it's going to be a great matchup and it's going to be um, at the quarter from the quarterback perspective and also um, from, you know, these two teams matching up. So can't wait. Ray, you excited about the game? In the in the spirit of the urban sports scene, this reminds me of Canelo versus Floyd. <laughs> we all knew that. Can, we, we we know we're boxing fans here. We we love to talk about boxing. That might be quite up there in terms of our favorite sports to discuss on this show. Yeah, it might talking. be right behind uh, football. Mm-hmm. But honestly, remember when Canelo w- was was fighting Floyd? We knew Canelo was a new space of boxing. Yeah. He was arguably the biggest draw, most exciting for Floyd. Floyd was still right there as this veteran that seemingly wasn't aging. Like, he could beat anybody. And right now, we're looking at Mahomes and Brady. Brady, the the veteran that's still beating everybody. But Mahomes looks like he's the new face of the league. He's the biggest draw. And it's going to be fun to see if this is actually the changing of the guard or like Floyd did remind everybody that I'm still the best. So I'm excited for sort of the chess match between these two quarterbacks like everybody else is obviously i'm surprised y'all still y'all, y'all you all you two still have that super bowl vibe I don't, i'm not having i don't feel that vibe man maybe it's the coronavirus but it's, it's just i don't have that same vibe it's, i mean like thinking about media day super bowl media days like none of that like really i don't feel it so y'all you two still feel it oh <laughs> as much well, uh, uh, no, no, happy about that <laughs> huh would you say what? no uh, um I, i'm not i'm not <laughs> Go ahead, Will. Go ahead. I'm not saying I feel the excitement of a Super Bowl. I'll just say I'm anticipating this matchup. Mm-hmm. That's all. Right. Um, I'm anticipating the matchup. And then there's also, you know, other aspects of the game that I'm excited to see, um, particularly, um, you know, both coaching staffs, yeah. their um, 
African-Americans on the, you know, at the coordinator position, yeah, you know, dope. Byron Leftwich, D.C. native mm-hmm. um, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Then you had Todd Bowles, a former Washington football team player mm-hmm. um, as the defensive coordinator for um, Tampa Bay. And then you have Eric Bieniemy, a guy who's been passed over for Man. whatever reason, um, who can't seem to get a head coaching job, but Nick Thor. I don't. I I can't even pronounce the Eagles. Uh, oh my God! Football yeah. coach. I don't even, I don't, but, but did you see? But did yes. you see? Did you see the press conference? It was terrible. Though? It's terrible, man. Oh man! And they say that Eric Bieniemy can't. He can't. He can't interview. Are you serious? <laughs> but that's who you're going to give a job to? Okay. Oh man! All right. Oh man! I tell you, when people debate stuff and y'all changing, y'all changing the discussion. Oh my bad, Ray Gabe. I'm sorry. See, Let me go back. Into I, I, I guess that's. I guess that speaks to kind of where Wole is about the Super Bowl. He's not feeling it this week. But media day doesn't make the Super Bowl for me, honestly, okay. man. It's it's about it's usually about obviously the teams who are playing. Mm-hmm. And these two teams have to excite you. It's not like it's the Ravens playing the Giants. Facts. You're not talking about yeah, Kerry facts. Collins versus who uh, Trent, who was it? Trent Dilfer, Tony Banks? Who was Trent Dilfer? Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer versus Kerry Collins <laughs> in the Super Bowl. That, I don't care if it's media day. I don't care if Will T's having a party at uh, the strip club for the Super Bowl, bro. I, I would be excited for that matchup. I couldn't even think of a strip club name. Bro. Mile High, uh, Badger Crew, my bad. Anyway, uh, those, are, those days are over. But even if this was a regular season matchup, you would have to be excited about just Brady going up against Mahomes. And everybody, every sports media outlet keeps on replaying that AFC championship game. But I will say this real quick about Brady. And I, and, and trust me, I've, I've grown to respect him because I didn't, I, I, he's more likable this year. He just seems like he, getting out of New England, he just became more personable. He's more, mm. you know, jovial, so to speak. Like in, in New England, he was like business, like he seems arrogant all the time. But, um, my point is that Looking back, they showed the history recently, I think it was NFL Network, yeah. of Brady getting the Super Bowl. And starting from the tuck rule all the way to uh, to the Chargers where he threw a pick and the Chargers fumbled it back yeah. to where uh, <laughs> in, in Kansas City they called a late flag saying that the, the defensive lineman was like He has gotten some uh, – I mean, he's gotten the benefit of so many calls yes. over the years to get there. Yes. Not, not, not ruling out that he hasn't – made the the right plays at the right times because he still he still got to throw the ball to Gronk and he still has to make plays in overtime. He, I think he went four for four uh, against the the Raiders in overtime. But I'm just saying, like, I, I just don't understand how we marvel at him when, like, this this past game he threw three picks. Like people hey, bro, say on Twitter, he was bro, James, he was Jameis Winston. I, he he was, was. but he but he, because he's his name. Because of his uh, name, nobody really that's why, mentioned right. it afterwards. And the defense, Tampa's defense kept the minute. Yeah. And Tampa's defense is coming into this game underrated, which is I why agree. I give Tampa a chance in this game. I agree. And this is the thing that bothers me about football. And just Ray, you just you pretty much you pretty much tackled it on. <laughs> um it's the quarterbacks get the qu- quarterbacks get too much credit, man. And and, and that's what annoys me. It's Ooh. like they get it's a team it's a team game. And you you mentioned with Brady yes. how Brady got other than the Washington game. You could say like the the last two games really like the defense showed out and then helped they helped and Brady just made some plays too. I don't want to take anything away from Brady. He made some plays too, but you can say the defense had just <clears> as <throat> much just as just as much impact in those two games than Brady's plays in 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 those two games to get them to the Super Bowl. So like 
I just think that you know Brady gets a lot of credit, and he's a, he's an all time oh, great, man. the best quarter, the probably the best quarterback ever. I'm not going to take that away from him. the best quarterback ever, based on based Super Bowl on wins. Super Bowl yes. wins, yes. But it's a team game, man. It really is. Like football is a team game. Like Peyton Manning didn't win a Super Bowl till his Colts defense got better. Uh, Brady in New England's def- his teams typically won Super Bowls when their defense was top ten. Like it's a it's a team game. The quarterback doesn't do it all. Other than like when we watch Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, where you're asking him to do pretty much everything, there aren't that many quarterbacks who really who who get far in the postseason or are always contending that are doing it by themselves. Like literally, usually when they're advancing, their defense is good. Like even the year that Breeze won the Super Bowl, the Saints were one of the better defenses in terms of takeaways and and playing stout defense. They're one of the best with Greg Williams. They're one of the better defenses in the league. So when we talk about these, you know, these teams defensively, I mean, these Super Bowl champion quarterbacks, I I would like people to look at their defenses too. (laughs) Yo, you just mentioned Byron Leftwich too. He th- he called the screen pass to uh, Gronkowski. Go ahead, Will. My bad. Yeah. So two things. Um, so Ray, you did you you brought up uh, a point that that was interesting to me. You you said that you know since Tom Brady has I don't I don't know if it's Wally or Ray in it. Excuse no, it's Ray. Um, so yeah, ahead. Ray. I think you said that um, Tom Brady since he's been in Tampa Bay, he seems more personable. I think yeah. that's because two things. One, changing culture. Mm-hmm. Two. He he settled the debate that everyone has had about him or Belichick now, right? In the mm. sense, because you know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, he made it to nine Super Bowls in New England because of Belichick, because of the team, the team culture, the team, the team, the team." But he's proven that, hey, take me away from New England, put me in Tampa Bay, we're just as comparable as a good team at the age of 43, and look what I do. So I think part of it is he, he you know, he's he let his guard down a little bit because of the culture where he's at, and two, because two, maybe in his mind, he's won. You know, mm-hmm. he, he settled that debate a little bit. I don't know if he's settled the debate or not. Go ahead, though, bro. No, I, no, I, no, I'm interested to hear your, po- hear your point. Go ahead, though. You got it. You um, said one no, more point, right? Um, he wants to hear your point, yeah, right? And, and, <laughs> No, and and the and the second thing is you you guys are all absolutely right. Um, that NFC Championship game <laughs> in the second half, Tom Brady was seven of fourteen with three interceptions. Yeah. And if you mm-hmm. think about it, there are two other passes that he threw that should have been intercepted. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so bro. He, he possibly could have had like four, <laughs> five interceptions in that second half. Um, so, but but like we said, you know, like Walt, like Wole said, it's a team game and that Tampa Bay yeah. helped carry him. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Well, which is why I don't believe he necessarily settled the debate. I still think that Belichick made him uh, again, a, a six round pick into the guy and he made him so confident, you know, um, Wole mentioned it maybe last week about that decision to keep Drew Bledsoe on the sideline. To me, that gave everything. Brady the confidence to say, I could be <laughs> a great quarterback in this league. And that, and that swagger that he developed at that time, it's grown and grown. It's built into a monster, and it carried over into his success here in Tampa. So I think Bill Belichick still deserves a lot of credit. Bill Belichick had a tough season. Bill Belichick oh, man. Had, had a lot of COVID issues. Bill Belichick, you know, he had people sit out because they didn't want to mm-hmm. play because of, of COVID. So he, he went through a lot that we can't necessarily uh, identify yeah. if that was the deciding factor. 
But, brother, I can guarantee that, that it hurt him. And it reminds me, this whole situation with this debate reminds me of Phil Jackson. When Phil Jackson coached the Bulls, obviously he was great. When he coached Kobe and Shaq, he was great. But when he had those years where it was just Kobe, <laughs> they struggled. You know, you need great players. Tom Brady has a lot of great players around him. I still think that it's not a debate. Bill Belichick made him who he is. That's yeah. it. I mean, and he's shown that so, he has continued that, that, that sort of greatness and that, that caveat and that swagger since he carried over. Fair point, but I'll just say one more, one more counter, counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yes, Bill Belichick uh, had a lot of players that weren't available for 2020, but Bill Belichick, we all know, is the architect of that whole organization. Yeah. So any, if he didn't get the results out of the players that were on that, on that roster, it's because he selected those players. Yeah. So that's something you also have to take into consideration. No, I, I definitely, I no, I agree. I agree. I think Bill Belichick, uh, some of that was was definitely his fault. So real quick, so we, before we go into break, who do you oh, guys yeah, have? Who, who do you guys have winning the Super Bowl? I'll start with Will. Uh, Kansas City, back to back. All right, Ray. I got yeah, Canelo, aka Kansas City. Canelo couldn't get it done, but KC can. <laughs> yeah, they got can. the younger, ver- they got the younger version of Gronk and the younger version of AB. While they looking at the older versions across the <laughs> field. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you all. I got uh, I got Kansas City winning too. I just think that the speed and Mahomes, it's just it's his time, man. It really is. It's just, it's his time. It's his time. All right, is. The real Russell Westbrook back. We'll talk about Westbrook's improved play after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. You dig? Deuces. Gucci rag, tied to my belt loop and my Louis bag, full of stacks from a band's round big cash, got a six swag, tell the haters get mad, come on, we in the club home, you are listening to the urban sports scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy Wole, part of Sports Journey, sportsjourney.com, alright, over the last over the last two games, the Washington Washington Wizards point guard Russell Westbrook scored 26 points against the Hawks and then 41 points in a victory against the Brooklyn Nets, 149 to 146. Right now, the Wizards are losing to the Portland Trailblazers without CJ McCullough and just Dame Lillard, 40 to 21. I'm not um, trying to pull up Russ's stats right now, but uh, let's talk about that uh that the last two games for Russ uh from what you saw from Russ the last two games Ray uh do you think Russ got his swag back? Uh, I'm not I'm not going to necessarily say yes because if I'm being real, especially the, the Brooklyn game that was a pickup basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> was, two teams that don't play there, defense. There was bro. no <laughs> there was no defense. I mean Bradley Bill was shooting fadeaways. So I'm I'm thinking that. In addition to it not being a, a good defensive game, whenever Russ plays against KD, he's motivated. Yes, so he yes. went out and, and he hooped, man. Uh, he he did look mu- he does look much better. I and to be to be real, I think Russ 
I'm wondering why, and, and that, that's concerning me a bit because in this game, he got to the hoop a lot, but he never finished with a strong dunk to, like, make that exclamation point that I'm looking for. So I still want to see over time what he looks like. He hasn't played any back-to-back yet, back-to-back games yet. Is he ready for that? When he starts to play a back-to-back, I'll say, okay, Russ is back. Uh, Will? Ray, you made a great point that whenever Russell Westbrook plays against Kevin Durant, he comes out extra motivated. So, I, you know, I'm taking that into account. And then also you made another great point about that being a, uh, a pickup game, essentially. You know, um, <laughs> I, I don't think Russell Westbrook uh, got his swag back. I, I think that um, – how can I put it? Because I don't want to say he he's on cruise control, and I don't want to question his effort because mm. he, he's a professional, he's a true professional. But I think that if I'm Russell Westbrook, and the last couple of years I've been, you know, um, last year I was competing to get to the Western Conference Finals, to get to the NBA Finals, and now I'm playing for it, playing on a team that has three or four wins, um, and is has a lack of talent on that roster. I just don't think you're seeing him fully motivated. And I don't think you will see him for a while just be, um, because he's essentially playing for nothing mm. for the next three years while he'll be a wizard. So he'll end his career unless he's traded essentially playing for nothing because this organization has refused to go out and make the necessary and, you know, do the, and make the smart pickups yeah. and free agency um, to create a contender. Just that, just that plain and simple. Yeah. So for me, I, I kind of think that he has gotten his swag back. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll be the minority. I think he has. Uh, th- to me, I've always said this. I think mm-hmm. Russ is playing with more confidence over the last three games. And to be real with you, I think that game with John Wall, that trash talking they had at, towards the end of the game, I think it sparked it. Like I really do. I just think that. It was like, all right, I ain't going to have Wall go at me. You know what I'm saying? This dude that was traded for me. And for a while, I've been the top dog. And now this dude going at me like I'm like I'm done. And, you know, from that point on, you know, obviously having KD and then playing against Trey Young, Trey Young, Atlanta, another point guard that everybody's talking about. I just feel like the course of games have kind of sparked that that competitive fire back. And I think you're seeing it now. He's more confident. I don't want to get into this. People want to use injuries and whatnot. Like, I don't believe that BS. That's nothing to me. I can tell when a player isn't confident and we can see it with Russ. This is a dude that we watch. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it because we we've all seen it. Like we saw him at OKC. We saw him. Say screw Kevin Durant is my show. I'm gonna do what I want to do. We've seen him go to the hole and not hesitate. Uh, we seen him not hesitate on pull up jumpers uh, with the Wizards in the beginning of the season. He was hesitating on all on all of this all of the stuff. He was even hesitating on passes, not being sure who to pass the ball to. So when watching him over the last three games, uh, I've seen, especially towards the end of that Rockets game, I've seen a guy that's been more confident in what he's and what he's trying to do on the basketball court. He's not caring he's gonna miss a three. He's not caring he's gonna miss a pull up J. He's willing to take that shot. Um, so I th- I think he's slowly getting his confidence back, and it's good for the Wizards that he is. Uh, because Russ, when he's confident, is a different basketball player. Uh, but but yeah, it's up to what this organization wants to do around him and Bradley Bill. Uh, Will I'm gonna give Will credit. The Bertans signing was horrible. I know if, if Troy's listening, it was horrible because you see the way Bertans is playing. This Bama is the worst. He's stealing money. 
and, and you know he's not helping the situation for a point guard like Russ, who's and you got a whole and you got four more years to look yeah, forward. I gotta be real. Will T, bang your chest, Will T. Yeah, for real, bang your chest, dog. You was, you, was you, was the, you was the main one preaching against yep. that Joe. Mm-hmm. and I, I was with you. I understood the argument that this is what you need in today's game, but mm-hmm. I was right there with you that you should not pay this man. Yeah. And he he's is right. He, not only did did you pay him. This dude showed up out of shape. And by the Bruh. way, Scott, Scott Brooks had this man guarding KD. Bruh, in the, in the critical that's that's what I, that's when you know it's bad coaching, bro. he bruh. couldn't even move his feet. Bro, you know it's bad coaching, man. He, that's when you know it's bad coaching, bro. Oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> he got saved by he exactly. got saved by Joe Harris. See, real talk, he got saved by Joe Harris. Scott Brooks got saved by Joe Harris in that game and Russ making that three because having Bertans – Guard KD in crucial points. And, dude, and this is where you know that Scott Brooks is a horrible coach. You had an opportunity in that game to go offense-defense because you got fouled from the free throw line to switch to take out Bertans for defense. You had the opportunity, you know what I'm saying, at crucial points. And you still kept them on the floor. Like, you could have played somebody but, well, else. <laughs> listen to this, bro. Before Bertans was guarding KD, Garrison Matthews was guarding KD. That, that's, that's my larger point about Russ for this season is he's been the focal point because everybody misses John all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh-huh. But Scott Brooks is the problem. Russ has never missed the playoffs mm-hmm. since, since he True. was like young in Seattle or whatever. But he's on the verge of that because Scott Brooks needs to be let go. I mean, it's, the culture of this team is just, is just bad. It's not a winning culture. Man. Yeah. Right now, Russ is. Yeah, right you're now, making decisions. You're making decisions like that. Come yeah. on, bro. And they only get a ball it's to Rui. And he had so many. Rui yeah. had Joe Harris on him at times. Bro, he it's had, bad basketball, he had man. Co- constant mismatches, man. It's bad basketball. Right it now, uh, Russ, Russ got seven points. He's three for six from the field. Uh, in the sec in uh in the second quarter, so Russ is playing decent ball right now. Our right, will. I know you want to say something. No, it, it starts at the top, right? It start, you know, the any great organization, it starts at the top. It starts with you being have a, a strategic mindset, and also having a roadmap of what you where you want to be, and then executing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, as I stated, I did, you know, the Breton signing. You know, you just got out of a terrible contract with. Jan Mahim. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you double down and you find Davis Batons for five years. Okay. Then on top of that, um, which, and, and I didn't have a problem with, you know, them, uh, selecting, um, Denny, Denny, uh, uh, obvious, but one of the, you know, I like that pick, but, uh, that pick hasn't turned out the way we thought it would be. And there was a guy who was selected a lot later and Tyrese Halliburton, who I believe if I'm correct, Ray was extremely high on. Oh, yeah, he was. Um, Ray was yep. That's my guy, bro. Yeah. Who, who's starting to emerge and look like this guy could be an all-star at some mm-hmm. point in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you take, you, you know, and you double down on that with, um, the trading of John Wall for Russell Westbrook, you know, which which on the surface isn't a terrible trade, but when you add a first round pick on top of that, uh, you know, it, it seems as if you know you're going to be hindered from an organizational standpoint with roster creation for a while. Mm-hmm. So, no, definitely, it's it's definitely. I'm just, you know, go go Ray. Just real quick, I'm just starting to. 
again, believe that no matter who you put on the court, if Scott Brooks is orchestrating this team, it's not going to work out. No, it doesn't matter. Ahead, Real talk, it don't matter. It just doesn't. It really doesn't. I'm just, you can just tell by – to me, individual play, you could tell who's, like, efficient – Who's doing what it needs? You know, do what doing what it needs to do to win for basketball games. Because you mentioned the dude that was checking Kevin Durant in um, what's his name? Uh, Harris is Harris. Garrison Matthews. Matthews. Thank you. He, he plays Garrison yeah. Matthews. He plays the win. Like you, if you watch him play ball, and I just say he's the most talented dude, yeah. good shooter, but he plays the win. Like no. he plays hard. Like he straps. He shoots the three. He just hit the three right now. He plays with effort. Like that's a winning basketball player. May not be a star, but winning basketball player. Um. But when you can do see when it comes to X's and O's and whatnot, like yeah, you know Scott Brooks isn't a good coach, and you know he he helped he hurts this team a lot. Mo 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 Wagner has been good for this team uh, over the last some odd games. It actually helped them play, uh, help them compete a lot better than we've seen in, in in the past. And this dude wasn't even getting off the bench; like he was DMP. And when you see him play, you see him you see him being impactful to helping the the bench, you know, play at a different level. So it's just like you could just tell like whatever. Brooks is doing as a coach in terms of sub patterns, um, X's and O's. It's just not working, bro. And to your point, Ray, you may get a lot of, you may get, you know, flashy scoring or whatnot, but we're talking about the end result of winning basketball games. It ain't working with this dude, bro. Oh, that's it. Hello? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I, 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 mm-hmm. no. So we good. All right. I, I didn't know where, ahead, where where you were going with it. I'm just saying. <laughs> we, no, no, no. I didn't because because we're talking about the Wizards as a whole now at this point. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. your original question was about Russell Westbrook, and the reason yeah. why I bring it up is because he balling now. Luckily, luck. Luckily, the fact that Russ has been such a focal point, Scott Brooks has kind of gone under the radar yep. in terms of how bad of a job he's done. Not running offensive. He he openly admitted Jump. that we weren't I, running offensive sets. <laughs> Like how how can you still be a coach? And then you look up the road in New York. Uh, Will to your team, Thibodeau got Emmanuel quickly out there hooping. Hooping, you know what I'm saying? He hooping. Got, he, he has a team Randall. that last year was clearly in the running for the number one pick. People thought they were taking the last couple of seasons. And dude, they are looking like they're going to be a playoff team this season, all because a coach came in and had them play defense and change the culture of accountability. Crazy, Dennis Smith Jr. is DMPs, bro. As talented as that as that young man is, he's yeah. DMPs. It's crazy because, dude, it's a it's, it's it's a culture, and right now we don't have a good culture in Washington. Washington does have the talent to turn it around. I wouldn't be shocked if they turn it around, but it, the the thing is, I don't believe in Brooks at this moment. I'm just being real. Yeah, it's going to be tough for one. So go go ahead, Will. I, I did want I did want to shift the conversation from Westbrook to his backcourt teammate Bradley Bill. All right. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm picking up on it and, and maybe, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing something that isn't there, but I, and you, you two guys, I want you to chime in and let me know if I'm, um, over exaggerating. Have you noticed Bradley Bill's body language in context of, you know, when he's on the bench or when he doesn't have the ball and also on defense? Like he seems as if he does not want to be here. He seems as if he knows that when he gets on the court, I can score 30. I'm averaging 35 points, but I know we don't have a chance in hell of winning this game. Is it just me or do, or do you guys pick up on that also? I think he's frustrated. I do think he's frustrated. He's not winning uh, basketball games. Uh, I do think he's in frustration with the, you know, with the coaching staff. He was upbeat, you know, when Russ made that shot. I mean, that quarter um, against the, against the nets, but I think for the, 
if you're looking at the the three quarters prior to that and the last couple of games, I agree with you, Will. I think his his he looks he looked he's looked very frustrated. But I'm always I think that again, this is what he, I'm gonna say this for, for for Bradley Bill. You asked to be the man on this squad, bro. Like you asked, this is what this is what comes with that ter- in, with the territory of being the guy. And you gotta look at yourself too, you know, to a point where your your teams you're scoring all these points and you're not winning basketball games. It gets to a point where you gotta assess yourself too, because in, in the history of the NBA, we're talking about being the guy and a, a guy who leads the team in scoring, right? Especially in this in this era of the NBA and the Eastern Conference, it ain't like you're dealing with yet like years past Eastern conferences. This is Eastern Conference isn't like the strongest. It's not the strongest Eastern Conference we've seen in in multiple eras. And your team is still struggling to win basketball games. And coaching is a, does play a part. But you still got to look at yourself because we've seen leading scorers lead their teams to the postseason. They may not have the best records, but they're leading their teams to, teams to the postseason. And they and their teams have competed. Kobe Bryant, Ray mentioned Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was dealing with uh, Rudy Tomjanovich, who's a good coach. I'm not saying he's not. But that talent on that roster wasn't the best. But he's helped, he helped get that team to a postseason uh, as an AC. Um, you've had... Players um, like Allen Iverson, leading scorer, you know, the Sixers team wasn't the best team. Well coached, though, again, well coached, but still, they were competing. Um, but you have a person, Bradley Bill, scoring like 35, and their team, this team barely wins basketball games. So, you got to me, you got to assess yourself. So, it gets to a point where you got to assess yourself. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? So, all right, um, I would go to break. Definitely, but let's go, I agree. Yes, I would go to break, but let's go to the, let's go to the next topic because we, we are rushing on time. All right, so you know, last week, um, Hall of Famer uh, Temple's Hall of Famer uh, Temple's Temple's basketball coach, men's basketball coach John Cheney, uh died at the age of 89. Cheney took Temple to 17 NCAA tournaments, um, and he was just one of the better. He one of the best coaches in my era of watching, or it, and definitely in terms of one of the more entertaining coaches uh, watching when I was younger. Um, what do you remember most about Coach Cheney? And I'm gonna start with Will. Uh, <laughs> this probably isn't the best thing, but, uh, his, uh, his famous shouting match with John Arthur, that's one, that's one of the things I, I, I'll, I'll forever remember him for, but, um, but also, um, a guy who, uh, in, in essence, he was black history. He was just, yeah. he was like John Thompson, Facts. even though John Thompson mm-hmm. won a national championship, yeah. but, um, John Cheney was one of the first African American coaches that I saw, you know, coming up yeah. and who had a sustained level of excellence. Um, and also, um, that Temple University team was known for its zone and, and two, three zone. Yeah, that zone, bro. <laughs> that zone. Hey, Ray, what did you, what did you remember about, uh, Cheney, Coach Cheney? Well, two things is one is Temple hasn't been the same since. I know. Uh, it's so obvious when a coach has that big of an impact on a program because outside Deontay Christmas, I can't think of really anyone that has made it to the league and been a productive player for Temple since After, he oh, left. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you could tell me, but I, I just no, can't I agree with you. I can't think and of number. I can't even think of one either. And <laughs> number two, you know, when when certain coaches are associated with programs. They are all about their program, mm-hmm. such as Roy in Carolina, uh, obviously Coach K in Duke. But what struck me about Coach Cheney is he cared about young African-American athletes a- a- as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like, he was reaching out to check on Allen Iverson. He was saying, John Thompson needs to make sure that this kid is okay. Mm-hmm. Even though John Thompson 
I mean, even though I'm sorry, Allen Iverson never played for John Cheney, but he cared that much. It's just an example of how much he cared about the culture, so mm-hmm. to speak. And it was it was so much bigger than just Temple. He represented the the, the African American community, kind of like what Will is saying. Yeah. And he also he he did it in a no nonsense way. When back then it wasn't as simple, or or it wasn't as easy to easy to, to discuss your stance or your political view as it is now, you know, as we're seeing so many athletes and, and just people in general being comfortable, openly expressing themselves. Mm-hmm. He did it at a time where it wasn't that simple. So obviously just a trailblazer. And I'm hoping that this generation who didn't necessarily know about him will learn about the man that he was and know that they're blessed because of, of individuals like himself that opened up the doors for those today. It wouldn't be, uh, Shaka Smart. It wouldn't be Anthony Grant. It wouldn't be guys like that around if it wasn't for guys like John Thompson Jr. and Coach Cheney. Yeah, I mean, to me, John Cheney, sorry. Yeah, I mean, to to your point, like he just opened the door. He opened the doors for so many, you know, African American coaches. Him and Coach Thompson, but he he to me, he had so much fire um, on the sideline. I, I used to love watching him uh, coach. Um, in the tournament, because, you know, he always had his teams ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's Temple. And, and granted, he built that program, but it's hard to build a program like that in Temple. And he built a, a strong program to get to the tournament 17 times, uh, multiple Elite Eights. You know what I mean? I just wanted this dude to get to a Final Four so bad. I used to always root for Temple, like, to get to just to crack the barrier to get to the Final Four. Uh, they get to the Sweet 16. They play a tough game, too. And usually when you watch them in a tournament, they weren't an easy out. Like, his squads weren't getting blown out. Like, it was always a tough game, you know what I mean? He would lose at a buzzer beater or something like that. It's just that he always, to me, he always had his, his kids prepared and ready to play, man. He was, uh, and he fought for his kids on the sideline. That's one thing. Like, you could tell, like, his players loved him. Like, even, I mean, while they were playing for him, you can see it, man. Like, it was def- he was definitely one of those coaches. You know, to me, reminds me of a John Thompson as a fan of the Hoyers. But still, like, that's what he reminded me of just watching him, you know, as a kid coaching. And, like, I just wish, like, you know, I really do wish that he made it to a Final Four or a championship. Because I think, you know, some people, some coaches luck in the situation because they have so much talent. I just feel like he was such a great coach. Like, he deserved one. Like, he was that good. Yeah, I agree. Um, He'll definitely be missed. It's uh, and um, Ray, you 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 made a great point. You definitely know um a coach. You know there are co- there are some coaches that come in and they coach the team, and then there are other coaches that build the program, right? And that mm-hmm. program that that sport will forever be synonymous with that name, mm-hmm. with that coach's name on that college campus, right? So you know, think of John Thompson with. Um, basketball, mm-hmm. you think of uh, Bobby Bowden in football with FSU, um, Dean Smith and um, Coach K in basketball at North Carolina and Duke, respectively. Yeah. Um, when you think of basketball with Temple, you'll forever think of John Chaney and he'll deeply be missed. Yeah, man. For real. Philadelphia, man. One more point for me. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. One more point for me. And I want to emphasize this. And I know, I know how, how podcasts go. Some people, they listen to maybe the first half hour, but yeah. if we can emphasize this going forward, I, I mean, I could tweet it out myself. John Chaney and John Thompson, they did what they did with their programs with very little yeah. NCAA investigation. Fast. Very little. Yeah. All these big time coaches, um, Patino, 
Coach K, Roy Williams, Calipari. all of their programs have had smoke around them. And, I mean, I don't know how Roy is still in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rashad McCann's put the evidence out there. I mean, it is what it is. We know the culture. Look what happened with Michigan. Bro, this stuff is real. But you saw these two African-Americans, they did it with limited NCAA investigation. I'm not saying that things didn't happen. I'm just saying that these dudes, they knew how to coach talent. You know what I'm saying? This is yeah. why, like growing up, we thought guys like like Irvin Church and Michael Churchwell, like, they would have like they would have good. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because John Thompson, that's what he did, man. He was just a great coach. Yeah. And I'm, I know we talking about John Cheney, but he was very similar. similar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Very similar. Look, Eddie, yeah. Eddie Jones went on to be a, a star in the league. Yeah. Uh, look at so, Aaron McKee. Bro. Aaron McKee is coaching Temple now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's dope, man. Like, you could tell. Like, that's the impact of a coach like Cheney, like Don, like uh, John Cheney. It gets to a point where, like, you got players that want to follow your footsteps. You think Aaron McKee's going to want to coach Temple if it wasn't for John, John Cheney? No. He wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, he's had good NBA ties. But no, you know what? That dude did so much for him that he felt like he had to give back to that university and Coach Cheney. So that's what I'm saying. It's like you can tell when a player, when a coach loves his players and, and takes care of them. Right? Like, you know, it's not just about sending that kid off to the NBA. It's about teaching that kid like life lessons, man. And coaches like Coach Coach Thompson and Coach Cheney, that's what they did for their kids. It wasn't like, okay, you know, now you're going to make my, my school bigger. You're going to help promote my school and make my brand bigger. Nah, it wasn't about that. It was about those kids. Yep. You ain't going to get a job making 200 G's at the bottom of my bench. Coach Casey yeah. have like 12 assistants. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that, that that's, it's some bull crap for real. Like, yeah. like I can, I, I know you'll be taken care of if you go to do, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's not what, that's not what John Cheney did. You know what I'm saying? Like he makes up uh, positions for these guys. I mean, everybody's doing that stuff. <laughs> they ain't yeah. going to uh, bench for Duke yeah. afterwards. I mean, it's helped a lot of guys. I ain't going to, I ain't going to hate necessarily. Yeah. But I'm just saying. I feel like guys like John Shane did the right way. Sure did, man. And that's and that's real talk, man. That's real talk. Hey, subscribe <laughs> to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. <laughs> Tune in. Also now on iHeartRadio and uh, Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also make sure you check uh, you check out Sports Journey at SportsJourney.com for all your DMV sports content. Um, again, man, appreciate everybody for listening. Appreciate my man Will T for being back. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces. Hey, Mega, lead us out, big homie.